the Voice America Sports Channel. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when nickels down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who's on this town tonight. Welcome to the Kwame Lasser Sports Talk Radio Show, Phoenix, Arizona. We have a full house today. Kwame Lasseter, Deborah Debris, Cindy Liska, Alex Clancy, and my father is actually in studio today. Woo-hoo. Came in uh, about 45 <laughs> minutes ago and wanted to see so what this is all we, about. That's when we need some sound effects. Sound yeah. effects. <laughs> so, all in the family? Oh, all in the family too. all day. <laughs> all in the family all day. Even if they don't, if they don't make sense. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to do Down and Dirty with Deborah in the fourth segment. Uh, we have many, many things to talk about. We're going to talk rapid fire. We're, of course, first going to talk about the solemn story of Javon Belcher very briefly, then touch on it in the third segment, and that will lead into Down and Dirty with Deborah. We have NFL Week 13, all of these rookie quarterbacks uh, flourishing in their first year, uh, NFL ready, coming right out of college. Uh, Heisman, the Heisman uh, finalists have been announced. The three um, supposedly top college players in college football uh, I don't think the Heisman really matters anymore, but we'll talk about that later on and uh, probably talk a little Greg Popovich sitting his players in one of the biggest regular season games of the year. I'm not sure if that's oxymoronical or not, but we'll get into that after. So Javon Belcher, I'm sure if you haven't heard already, um, shot his girlfriend nine times over some sort of domestic dispute in front of her mother, no less, drives to Arrowhead Stadium to go to, to his team's walkthrough, uh, pulls up in his car. Romeo Cornell, uh, the GM and the and a defensive coach, uh, thanks everybody for what they've done for him. And as the f- police starts to show up, uh, he shoots himself and ends his life. There's no real uh, way to describe what happened. Uh, not yet, at least. Toxicology report has to come back. We don't really know why he did what he did. Um, it's just a really, really sad thing. And, and because it's in the public eye, everybody... Uh, sees what's going on. I mean, I'm sure this happens hundreds of times a day, and unfortunately we see the one that happens uh, because he plays for an NFL team. What was your guys' take when you saw it? I, d- I didn't know he shot him her nine times. I know it was just one time in the head probably, I think. Or maybe he shot himself in the head. Either way, he, he, it was an act that was, I mean, you can't put words to it. I don't know at what point or how do you get to that situation where you're going to take somebody else's life. If you got a problem with yourself, then that's one thing. And suicide is a whole another issue we can get into but this guy was conscious of what he was doing because wherever you live um, and have to get to work unless you work from home you have time to think about this stuff you have 15 to 30 minutes to think about it so he drives to Arrowhead which is if you know the Kansas City area no one lives around there it's 20 to 30 minute drive to get to the Arrowhead to the practice facility uh, so he was he had a lot of thought a lot of time to think about what he was going to do and what he did and, uh, you know, to me it seemed like, it, you know how you can be temporary and sane. Like you do things on impulse. Or it was more meditated than anything. Unfortunately, he got to this point that he had to do it. And then he put others in jeopardy, that be the GM of uh, Kansas City Chiefs, the head coach, because he had a gun with him. Mm-hmm. Who know in that emotional state what he would have done. So it's unfortunate that this had to carry, the incident had to carry, and that he took somebody's his life along with his, and you, then you leave a, a brand new, a three-month, two-and-a-half-month-year-old baby around for someone else to take care of. And for that baby, I think it's a female a girl, mm-hmm. for it to, for her to grow up and wonder 
what happened to my parents or why my parents or, or this is the world you bring me into. Mm-hmm. Deborah? Yeah, to me, whenever I heard it, uh, I had an immediate flashback to um, I had a guy on my crew, one of my top foremen who committed suicide. And uh, when everybody's talking about, well, where were the signs? You know, why did people notice this? Um, you don't always notice the signs. It's an internal um, turbulence of emotions that go on within somebody when they reach that point, and it takes a while to reach that point. And he had just been in my office talking about a new job. Um, his best friend drove him home, dropped him off. Next thing you know, we get a phone call. He just, again, put the gun to his head, and he was gone. But what concerns me is, I mean, he's gone, she's gone. We could talk about that all day long, but there's also... What happens to the ones that are still alive, the ones that had to witness it? Um, there's conversation about the game. Should they play the game or not? I mean, there's a lot of layers of issues here that won't go away for a long, a long time. Sin? Um, one of the things we were talking about this morning that um, the chiefs, there, this had been, he had had issues. They had had domestic issues. Um, they had chiefs that they said they had offered them all of the help they could possibly offer them. So it was, something was going on. Um, but the fact that he stayed so calm with everything, he kissed her on the forehead and told her he was sorry afterwards. He apologized, um, and thanked everyone, the coaches before he shot himself. The fact that he seemed to be so calm. Um, there wasn't the rage. There wasn't the. Um... Well, part of that goes back to just like a, a a player or anyone who's in the zone that they're in the flow. That's what you're at when you're in that state as well. It's a negative side of it, but you're still in a state of not really knowing and understanding what's going on. Things start to become very instinctual. Um, not the best instincts, but instincts at that. Yeah, the decision well, to play the game. I, I, that game definitely had to be played. I mean, this guy. This is not. A Kansas City Chief player that was out and about, out in public, and was in a tragic accident. Mm-hmm. This is a Kansas City, Kansas City Chiefs player who calls it on himself. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, one of the things Deborah was mentioning, and you, you think if suicide is not, I mean, this is a thought, thought out process. You don't just say, I'm just going to kill myself right now because yeah, you got a broken heart. But this is a thought out process, and it just don't affect the one you're really trying to hurt, but there's a lot of people around you that affects your parents, your cousins. Uh, there are a lot of people that pray for you, that's close to you, that you don't every day get to touch or get to feel that, but there people think about you every day. I mean, on that point, it's the NFL has a very um, set schedule. You know, you have your one bye week, there's 17 weeks in the season, and you play every game the, the time they're supposed to be played. If this was the NBA, obviously they postpone the game. NHL, any other any other league, they postpone the game. I normally would agree that you need to play the game for the for the camaraderie and everybody, but don't you need more than 24 hours after this happened? And especially Romeo Cornell, bless his heart for just coming out there. The speech after the game, you know he's trying to hold back tears and all that stuff. He saw it. And the de- defensive coordinator, right, too. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, the I mean, reality is when something like that happens, whether it's, um, you know, death by accident or death because of somebody who makes a decision, um, those around them, they go into a very numb state. It's a shock to their system, and the reality of what's happened won't hit them for a while. Right. Everybody starts to gather around, whether it's at the, you know, the family's house or at the, you know, in the locker room. Everybody gathers around and, 
uh, starts to support each other. Right. Um, the problem is, is when everybody goes away and they have to go back home, and then they're left with their thoughts and their emotions and no way of knowing how to how to deal with them. Right. I mean, and, and he, Tory Smith. This happened with Tory Smith earlier in the season when his brother died, and he ended up playing that day. He had he had like a two touchdown game, hundred and some odd yards, two touchdown game, and you're right. I mean, it's well, Brett Favre did the same thing. His yeah, was that, and he, that was one yeah. of the best yeah. games in NFL history by a quarterback. Well, well there's, there's no control. Sorry, Deborah, no control to. The, Brett Farr, I mean, you know your dad may be sick or your brother, you don't know how your brother can pass away. This is not something you put on another team or the guys you practice with all year, all offseason, and then you decide to have a selfish act. You decide to go, okay, we practice, and you know we practice all week to get ready for a football game. You do this right now. Well, and everybody deals with the grief of it and the shock of it in their own way. And for some of the guys on the team, this may not have been the right decision for them, but again, they're going to go with the pack. Mm -hmm. Um, For others, they're going to where they feel safe and secure, which is with their other family. Uh, to be able to be there with the rest of the team to support each other and to feel supported in some way and to be in a surroundings that feels familiar to them and to do what they um, know that they're good at. Um, other people will want to retract. They might go to the ocean, go to the mountaintop, go whatever. Anybody's going to go to where they feel the most safe. Sure. Cindy? Um, I found something that was absolutely staggering, though, when um, they were talking about it on one of the pregame shows that Chris Carter mentioned um, the suicide rates in the NF- among NFL players, mm-hmm. and these numbers, to me, were crazy. Since 1987, 15, um, there are 15 suicides. Um, since 2010, there's been seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, a, a lot of, well, I say since 2010, some of those had to do with concussions. Some of those, was, some of those had mm-hmm. to do with, uh, uh, you know, guys could shoot themselves in the head and get it over real quick. So they choose to do the chest thing right. and donate the their brain. brains to mm-hmm. research because somebody obviously in the NFL is not getting it because this is evidence they had since the 60s. And to make the, the sport that much better, well, we'll push this on the rug and have to deal with it now. And then you throw $30 million out to an institute or research and say, oh, we're going to do our best to you know get this right. $30 million from, from the 60s is not enough money, way not enough. Yeah. So you have, and the um, players have started a fund for the baby girls, so that's that, that's a good thing for a college fund. I mean, it's... um. And there's grievance counselors. Everything, every avenue that you can, that the players can use to hopefully start to mend the wounds with this, uh, have been made available to them. If they start a fund, she's definitely going to school for free because they'll take, they'll make sure that, that is taken care of. Absolutely. And hopefully, whomever's around her, make sure that money goes to her. Absolutely. And th- there isn't a um, a a smooth segue into talking about the rest of the NFL, but we have more things to talk about. Um, let's talk about something really, really. Um, Uplifting. Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson uh, lead game-winning drives. Um, these guys are really good. You know, these guys are children, and they're really good. Andrew Luck, one thing that I saw on both the passes that won the games, Andrew Luck put up 14 points in the last two minutes and 39 seconds. But the last play on fourth and, uh, fourth and, the, fourth and the win, um, he went through his whole progression. He went through, he waited for Donnie Avery to come across the field. He could have forced the ball into the end zone because you think, oh, if the ball's caught in the end zone, we score a touchdown, we win. He threw the ball eight or nine yards short of that and saw Donnie, he just followed Donnie Avery into the end zone, which is great. And then Russell Wilson waited for Sidney Rice to come all the way across the field. He went through his whole progression and they ended up winning the game as well. So, I mean, this is showing that, and going back to my, how Arizona should draft a quarterback because they're more, they're more uh, NFL ready than they've ever been. <clears throat> I think that it's a beautiful thing what's going on in the NFL right now with them. Well, you gotta you gotta remind yourself uh, where these quarterbacks come from. They come from programs where they've already played in front of big crowds. They come from programs who have 
that's NFL ready that that look like they're NFL. And you can run that run and shoot all you want to, but when you come uh, to the NFL, that changes the ball game. Now what 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 RG three is doing in Washington, they run that midpoint situation where it works for him because of the speed of the quarterback. All those quarterbacks are great that you mentioned, are pretty good that you mentioned. They come out of college more polished than most. So it, so we get we get into a a suspense where why not all the quarterbacks like that? Why not the guys they drafted last year? playing the way they're playing now. I mean, these guys have just come out of college. So uh, Andrew Luck, uh, Russell Wilson, you got to credit Pete Carroll on that Russell Wilson situation mm-hmm. because right after the season, he went to go get Matt Flynn. Yeah, the easy thing would have been to start Matt Flynn. Right, and, but you, when you got a diamond in the rough, or if you're scared to make that decision or pull the plug on, this is where I'm going, this is best for the team. See, most court, most most people are selfish in their own right. You know, you, you got to be at that point, at some point, to um, get to where you want to go. You got to be selfish, and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't let your ego get in the way when it's just you benefiting. That Pete, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson situation, that was betterment for the team. They had Terrell Owens over there. And when we talk about Andrew Luck, I thought I made it that he should be MVP. Just That's my sight seeing. I say he should be MVP. But then you look at the numbers. His numbers, there are a lot of quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks that have better numbers than him, but you look at this guy, you say, how does he have Indianapolis 8-4? and four? Yeah. Well, the one thing I liked about Luck, too, especially in this game, was that you know it wasn't his best game, but he, he didn't give picks. up. He oh, didn't yeah. give up. He started coming back, and he stayed calm, and he kept you know playing the plays that he knew that would work, so he was into execution. Yeah, I mean, either you have this or you don't. I mean, Eli Manning, as a rookie, led at least one game-winning drive in one of the first games he played. So either you have this it factor or you don't. With Keeping the composure at such a young age, he's 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 had five fourth-quarter or overtime comebacks in th- this year, which ties a rookie record with uh, with Vince Young and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, first time since 1970. Five in one season as a fresh-off-the-boat rookie. And think about where Eli is. Eli's in New York. This guy, where he come from, Ole Miss? Yeah. yeah. He, he's in New York where... They're going to be the toughest critics. New York. As Peyton's little brother, too. Yeah. As Peyton, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Who has two Super Bowl rings. I don't know if Eli ever been, fun. I don't know if he ever been, um, MVP, uh, the MVP. But this guy has two Super Bowl rings. He might go through his whole career with three Super Bowls and never having been MVP, coming from Ole Miss and playing in New York. And that's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pressure. Just as much pressure as these guys coming out having to perform because, other quarterbacks have done it, like Cam Newton, uh, Andrew Luck, RG3. We're seeing these guys do it now. You got quarterbacks that came out last year that's on teams like Jacksonville, who's getting benched mm-hmm. um, in situations like it's, it's. And you mentioned the Cardinals. Why not go get a quarterback? I, I say go get the guy that's for your team. Uh, if you can find that quarterback, and I don't know who it is, Geno Smith. I was in West about Virginia, Geno's, yeah. Geno Smith is black, so it's never going to happen in Arizona. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Damn, dude. It's never going to happen in Arizona. <laughs> Are you crazy? I was, I'm just I was so, so it's like, I say this. I say this. Yeah. I, you wanted to bring Donald McNabb in here. Is he Is he white? He's damn Is man. he? Donald's not <laughs> white. Is he white? No, no. But you wanted to bring him in here. Okay, but if you get that guy from college, you're going to have to have him five years. They would have had Donald for about two two years. They was fixing the team. And when you say when I say, um, is this is Arizona, I've never seen him done. They had a, a guy, um, King, in here. You remember from... Tampa. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sean Sean, Sean King, King, absolutely. Yeah. Better quarterback than who they had. He wouldn't he couldn't get on the field, but he was here because and uh, because uh Denny Green was here. Now, mm-hmm. my to make to verify my comment for you think I'm really really <laughs> yeah, please do this. Because I, I don't, don't want to think yeah. you're racist. I, I don't care if you do. <laughs> I don't care everybody knows now, but look. This is this is what I mean. Andrew Luck and RG3 went to the perfect team. They went to the best place. Andrew Luck 
would not be Andrew. He, he's still talent. He's still the guy who goes, he's very intelligent. I, 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 he can make all the throws, Andrew Luck. Um, I, did, I did a research. I asked about him while he was in college coming out. They said, this guy puts the ball where no one else, his teammate is going to get it or no one's going to get it. He is that guy. But he is perfect playing, coming out of Stanford, mm-hmm. going to Indianapolis. I don't see him anywhere else and, and doing this. I see him at the perfect situation. I see RG3. I don't see RG3 in Indianapolis uniform. No. Uh, now, he's going to be talented. I see RG3 playing in D.C. Mm-hmm. right where he's supposed to be. And I, when I talk about RG3 and those guys and Andrew Luck, I'm like, they are perfect for the city like Drew Brees was when he went to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. He they are he are saving their team and that city. Yeah, but going going to Indianapolis, that was and and was still Peyton's uh city even when Andrew Luck was there to begin the season. That was still why do we get rid of Peyton? Why do we get rid of Peyton? Mm-hmm. Sports yeah, players legend. could see both sides. I understand that. Now he's taken that over uh pretty handily through thirteen weeks in the NFL. Which is and Peyton was there for, for ten, twelve years. That's why I say that's why I was arguing last year on the show uh, Sunday my Sunday show it was like this guy could be MVP. I mean, he should be rookie MVP. And been arguably be in a conversation of MVP around the league. But rookie MVP, definitely. And then you look at his numbers, and then you got, that's, nah, it depends on who you like. And one of the comments you made, the Heisman is a joke. I mean, it's, it, I don't know how relevant it is um, these days. Because a lot of guys, it's, it, it's built off things you've done, and the Heisman should be on a one-year basis. That's yeah. what it's for. But, it, I mean, so, and RG3, one last thing about him is, Washington in recent history is where players go to die. That's where they go. Champ Bailey was so smart to get out of there when he did when they traded uh, him for Clinton Portis. They they give people so much money. Albert Hainsworth, uh, what he played three games for a hundred million dollars, and they let him go. Maybe three. Games. I feel, I I felt bad uh, initially for RG three because he had to go to DC because they've been such a weak franchise, and he's actually he will erase them trading up for him will erase every bad thing that Dan Snyder's done if they can perform if they make the playoffs this year everything will be forgotten it'll be tough too they have to they have to beat uh they have four games left right yeah but they're one game back i know from the giants so yeah. they will have to win a division to make the playoffs right, right. but i mean it, uh, if they but, do it and indies indies in uh they're in contention right now to make the playoffs at 8 and 4 here's the best thing is they control their own destiny these games they they have to play that they got to mm-hmm. show up on the field and do it and and we talk so much about RG3 on the other side that terrible circuit, secondary they have you look at London Fletcher who's controlling everything at that linebacker spot. That guy, 15 years in the league, still playing sideline to sideline. Yeah, you cannot run the ball on Washington. No. <laughs> you can pass the ball all day, all day long. So I mean, but I mean, they kept they kept Eli Manning at bay uh, last night. He had one he had one where he missed uh, Victor Cruz by a step, yes. which would have been a six or seven yard touchdown. Do you pass, think but, um, Do you think New York lost that game or the Gilchrist lost that game? The officer coordinator. Because you know, why, why wouldn't you pass the ball? See, yeah, it's, they ran the ball three consecutive. Or they ran the ball two consecutive times with four minutes left. Yeah, you you pass yeah. the ball. Yeah. Let Eli Manning throw a pick six. He it's deserves Eli it. Man- he that, deserves yeah. it. When I, when I think of <laughs> Eli Manning, yeah, yeah, he deserves yeah. the chance. When I think of a good quarterback, Eli Manning name pops up. Yeah, and what you, yeah definitely. You yeah. Let him. Th- I'd rather lose the ball, lose a game with him throwing yeah, than right. running the ball. Yeah. yeah, give the guy a chance if that's going to happen. So we have so much more to talk about. We're going to do. The Heisman on the other side of the break. We're gonna do a little Greg Popovich, and um, yeah, then we're gonna get down and dirty with Deborah. So we'll be back. Kwame Lasser Sports Talk. We'll be back in about a minute. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an Internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 500 bucks in uh, 98. Yeah, hit. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Sorry, we're just talking. Uh, <laughs> Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris, Kwame Lasseter, Cindy Liska in studio. Don't forget your pops, man. What's... And pops, Michael F. Clancy. I won't say what your middle name is on the air. Um, Francis? We just talked F about... for fun. Oh, well, <laughs> Cindy nailed it on the nose. Francis we, is a good uh, name. Why you wouldn't want to say Francis? That's a good name. It's an Irish it's a strong Irish name. name. You don't like so, Francis? Really? My brother's Fernando. Yeah, yeah, that's with us. <laughs> My brother's name is Fernando. Yeah, Fernando. We'll, we'll, we'll get him on the mic in the next in the next segment. Uh, we're talking now. Heisman finalists have been announced: Colin Klein, Johnny Football Manzel, and uh, Manti Teo from Notre Dame. Two seniors, one freshman. Everybody says it doesn't play a part in it, but this only go- this never gone to a freshman before. I don't think his numbers, Johnny Manzel's numbers are good enough to win the Heisman. I think he's a great story because they beat Alabama. They lost to Florida, lost to LSU. He had poor games, but he has, I mean, he has 3,419 yards passing, 24 touchdowns, 8 picks, but he has almost 1,200 yards rushing and 19 touchdowns. So he's elusive in the pocket. He can run fast. Uh, he runs smart. I just don't think he's there. Uh, Colin Klein, on the other hand, he's a more polished quarterback. He's a senior, but he's only thrown for 2,500 yards, 15 touchdowns. That's not Heisman worthy. 890 yards rushing, 22 touchdowns. So that's, they're both rushing quarterbacks. Manti Teo, seven picks, senior, undefeated, Notre Dame, great story. I think he's going to win. Uh, and one last thing. Geno Smith has thrown for 4,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, and six picks, and he's not even a finalist because he did it early in the season because West Virginia is not relevant. That's what I, don't I don't understand like. that. That's what I don't he like. He's the best quarterback in college football. So that's why on a bad team. Arizona. But he's yeah. not. He's not. He's See, not the best. I, I think. Um, yeah. No. no he can, he can throw the hell out yeah. of the rock. Geno Smith is that. He is talented like that. So he may be one of those guys we're talking about next year. Like we're talking about Andrew Luck, RG three. I, I hope they deny. I hope they don't deny that fresh freshman or redshirt freshman the Heisman Trophy because he's a freshman. They feel like he's gonna have three more years. And you you never know in college. Um, if Klein when they got beat so bad, I might have gave it to. Him. I, oh I, yeah, I, if they're undefeated, and they're number one. You give it to him. Well, uh, they don't, he don't have to be undefeated, in my opinion. But you see what happened when he went to what well, they lost at home that bad. I think mm-hmm. it was um, was it Texas A and M or Texas Tech Baylor. 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 It was Baylor. 
Thank Francis. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was Baylor room. that beat them at home that bad. And you the highest mechanic, you that guy that we've been praising. I know I was one of the guys praising for, and he went to Kansas State, and that's tough for me to do. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the way he played, the way he carried his team, and, and, and all we talked about in that Big 12 conference was not Kansas State, but he had them guys undefeated. Um, I just hope. The defensive player, if the, if the defensive player, the linebacker gets it, it'll be the first since uh, Woodson. And and what Woodson was doing was returning punts and kicks. Yeah. And this guy just plays defense. Yeah. I mean, and he's is he's he the heart the, and soul is, of the is, best of the best quote unquote best team in the country. Is he is he the best player in college football overall? That's that's you mentioned Geno Smith and his stuff. He's not even a finalist. Nope. I mean, it, the quarterbacks are now looked at. It's it's the best athlete wins. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you have, I'm just glad there's nobody from um, Alabama on it. Yeah, well, there there <laughs> never is because they all just bring. They score. I hate I hate SEC football. I can't stand it. Texas A&M. The one thing I will give him is that they come to Texas A&M first year in the SEC and they're top ten. He almost coming be- from the Big Twelve, which has been a down conference because Kansas is in it. But yeah, <laughs> but he comes in the, the toughest conference oh, in college Chris. football, and. And and they're top ten in the country. They he, held their own the first year. Nobody thought. Everybody thought that they were going to be. Well, he almost beat LSU. He played a pretty mm-hmm. good game at LSU. They lost. And these we talking about the teams that everybody say, oh well, they can lose two games and win a national championship. This guy came in as a freshman. He's pretty much a freshman, red shirt freshman, but first year playing, almost beating these top teams that we we give so many accolades to. Yeah, I mean it's it's like Andrew Luck rookie. I mean it's like Andrew Luck in the NFL. I mean it's you don't expect this from somebody. He was going to go somewhere else, but so, I, I can't forget, remember oh, who Andrew told Luck? him. No, uh, Johnny yeah, Johnny Football. Oh, so. Somebody told him you'll be a legend if you stay in Texas. So he so he went to Texas A and M instead of where he was going to go. Is he from Texas? I I don't know. I see. I believe in keeping top guys like him. If you're from that state, keep it in the state. When you get when you look like Arizona, when you get. Prep all Americans from Arizona, and they go to California. You do your schools a disservice around here. ASU, uh, U of A, uh, even NAU plays played pretty good this year. They were, they were undefeated. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. But you you can't let those top guys get out of college. So if if, if football guy in Texas wants to um, go somewhere else, I think somebody made a great decision for him. Yeah. So I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think. They'll give it to the Notre Dame kid. You think so? Uh-huh, yeah, That's all he I does really is play do. linebacker. Yeah, but I, I'm, not saying, it, but it's I'm more, not saying it's more. Cindy, he's more. Cindy, give me that. Give me that no card right now. Oh no, that. Oh no, never mind. That's the uh, Hall of Fame. Never mind. I thought those were the criteria for uh, the Hall. Of, never mind. Uh, no, it's it's the Hall of Fame. Baseball criteria? Hall yeah, of Fame. That we're going to talk about I thought about we were talking. Uh, okay. Well, we'll talk about it when we get off the air. Um, <laughs> no, so I think Manti Tail. He's the heart and soul. It's something supersedes sports, and I think he is. He's the heartbeat of that team. I don't think Notre Dame's as good as their record. I've said that all year. I think Alabama's going to beat them pretty bad. You think so? Yeah, look, I really do. How do, how do you do that? How you? I, they're going to beat them nine three. That's what the, that's what the finals going to be in the national championship game. Oh, that's not awesome. that's not bad because it looked like this going to come down to a defense offense game. Really, not like Notre, it would have been if Notre it was Dame's Oregon. defense yeah. against Alabama's offense. Do you see that running back? Uh, what's his name? Lacy Racy from uh, Alabama. This guy's mm-hmm. huge and can mm-hmm. run. I'm like, he should be in the lead right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's like Trent Richardson Jr. Or trying to yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna be a bad game. I, I don't think I wouldn't discount a team like uh, Notre Dame, who's won all their games. You, it, they even had to come back and win some of those games. And you got to, <laughs> yeah. now, now, now you're talking about the the determination, the passion of some kids that came together and found a way to go undefeated. And then you got the the coach over there that's pretty that's pretty good. 
Uh, man, he's been around the league, but he's a good coach and he's the right coach for this team. And you, you and you Brian were, Kelly, Brian Kelly, you I, didn't think. You didn't think that he was going to say he was going to have this team undefeated. This no, year. no, I didn't. Because you go Charlie Weiss, Ty, well, Tyrone Williams, I'm Charlie Weiss. You have these big name guys that stunk it up, and you have this guy comes from Cincinnati. He has Willing, one Willing really, Ham really good year. He has one really, really good year, and then I thought that he above anybody else was going to fail, and he's gotten these guys to win. Yeah, and I mean it, it'll be really interesting. And this goes to the. Me wanted to throw up about all the BCS stuff because that's the only game that matters. People talk about, oh, Oregon and Kansas State playing in the Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, it'll be a nice exhibition game to make both teams money, make make Fiesta money, make Arizona money. But it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to remember who who played the Fiesta Bowl in three years. This, in 2012. this is why I always say about money. Go ahead, Cindy. It is about. I mean, they, oh, oh, the BCS these, is all this about is money. All about money. Yeah, you got a a Belk Bowl. What's what's that? I don't you know. Have I have a Beef no O'Brady's <laughs> Bowl. Belk is a it's a retail store down south. It's about money. It's all about money. You got, you Do you got, remember you, when it used to be the Rose Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl? Right, like, real bowls. I real mean. bowls. Well, and there I was guess, like, what, ten of them, and you earned your way into it, and not everyone... They used to have a sun bowl, or, or a potato chip, or a salad bowl. It used to be called a salad bowl. It's, 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 I'm, I'm dead serious. It's in the ASU Stadium, right on, on the walls, a salad bowl that they went to. All right. It's all about money. That's sad. <laughs> it is. It's I wouldn't even want to show us. Like, what's the uniforms playing, look like? It's a month. There's a month. They start playing bowl games on December 15th. They finish on January 7th. An entire month full of bowl games? Full of uh, making revenue. Yeah, that's a bunch of exhibition of games. That's, and you that's get to really go to the nice combine. Yeah. But, you know, some of those games early uh, would probably be better than the January 1st games. And it, I don't know. Nevada-Arizona should be a good game. Yeah, it's a good exhibition game. Um, Michigan State. We're gonna move. We're gonna move to the NBA really quick. I'm gonna get pops on the air for this. Cindy, uh, will you just scoot over to mic three? Uh, yeah, when you're it? talking about NBA, you can take me off the mic. Yeah, that's no. Great. I was saying just move <laughs> over to mic three. All right, pops. Is that mic get on here? So, uh, and I told him to turn it on. So, mic four. Oh, okay. okay. So we are talking about Greg Popovich sitting, sitting Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, <laughs> Danny Green, Manu Ginobili. Going on the road to Miami, the only time they play that year, nationally televised game. Greg Popovich sits him. He's done this before, but not um, it, with such a such a premier matchup. Even though I think that every regular season game means the same as everything else, I think that he was doing this to stick it to David Stern for the scheduling early on. Fourth game in five nights, he feels like he's earned the right to not have this this type of uh, schedule early on. I think that there's nothing wrong with it. I think that Tim Duncan is still playing at such a high level the way he is because of Greg Popovich. Tony Parker has taught him how to play basketball the, the right way. He's made him an all-star. And by sitting these guys midseason with games that don't matter, these games don't matter anything more than the game after, I think that he did the right thing. My father and I have had an argument about this for, I, I almost got neighbors calling uh, noise complaints on me because we were talking outside so much about it. So, Pops, what do you think? No, no, I'm talking to you first. Well, I think it's um, <clears throat> it's you know an exercise in ego by Greg Popovich. It's November. How tired can these guys be? Number one, number two, you can they played four games in five nights. You can sit one each night. And I think what uh, a lot of people don't realize is that uh, we have a professional athlete in the room. That uh, ticket sales uh, don't really pay athlete salaries. It's not enough. So it's television. It's network television. This is a TNT game. If you let if you let somebody don't know what they're talking about, tell it. 
they'll tell you, well, I pay your salary. This is mm-hmm. the, this mm-hmm. what the fans say. I pay your salary. Now you come in and enjoy me like I will go to a concert. I don't pay that singer's salary. Uh, the the um, promoters do that right. with all the other stuff and the sponsors they bring to it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to be entertained, but not to get off subject with that. But I but I, I agree with um, no I I agree with Popovich. The fans come to see uh, these superstars. It's kind of like you're not going to Chicago Bulls game if Jordan not playing. You're really mm-hmm. not going to do it. Uh, but they come to see these superstars. Uh, but this was more so if, to David Stearns. I'll show you. I have four world championships. Um, I'll show you that you're not going to rest the Miami Heat, your 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 money making team of the lead right now. Eleven games they play one away, but they had that amount of rest. And then we got the probably who this might be the oldest team, the San yeah. the San Antonio Spurs, uh, on a four game streak. They're away from home. It's a, it's a lot of rhetoric going to it, but Popovich said, "I'm gonna rest my guys and I'll show you." And then he almost won that game. Yeah, too. I mean they did. And but the thing is, two things. One, the thing that the thing that was bad that he did, the Popovich, Popovich. That I didn't agree with, was that he flew those guys out. That they they went with the team and then he flew them home before the game. So if they didn't make the trip. I might be able to stomach it a little bit more. Uh, also, when you go to Miami, you don't go to see the Spurs. You go to see Miami Heat. So Miami, they show up in the second quarter. All the guys, you know, you don't have to be fashionably late in Miami. You always have to be cool. And they did not go to see San Antonio. I still think um, Tim Duncan has tons of fans. That uh, I'm, I'm a Tim Duncan fan. Mm-hmm. I will go see Tim Duncan, and I root for the Suns. Imagine that. But I will go see Tim. <laughs> I will go see Tim Duncan, uh, manager nobly. He's the hardest. He's one of the hardest players. Is gives his body up, gives everything he has to win a basketball game. Um, outside of the flopping that he does, and I will go see Tony Parker. And I'm a Suns player. I, I want to see my superstar. So it was more so of Popovich. I don't think it was. I'm not going to tell help you sell tickets. It was more so. I'm resting my players. You gave these guys 11 days at home, uh, and we've been on the road for four days. And, and you say. How tired can these guys be? It's basketball. It's, what is it, 82 games? Mm-hmm. 82 games. And these guys are always on the road. When they pack to go on trips, sometimes they pack for two and three games. Yeah, so it's, it's November. It's not April. It's, yeah. it's not playoff time. <clears throat> and what, so you're a professional athlete. What responsibility do you have to TNT, who's promoted this game? As a coach? As yeah, a coach? As a, as a, as a member of the, of the NBA. NBA. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's um, that's those are egos going right there. That's David Stern and that's Popovich. Those egos clashing right there. Um, the players, if you made them stay, they would have played. They, yeah. they would have played. But if you tell us to go home and, and this is okay, I'm getting ready for the playoffs uh, with my old team. I'm, I'm a fan, and you made a you made one a point that you play one one night, play one another night. I would rest some of the players, but you know what? I'm sending my guys home. I, I don't have a problem with. It. I'm sending my guys home. I um, I'm, you're not gonna. You're not going to tell me that you're going to rest 11 days at home and I'm going on Thanksgiving. It's part of the lead anyway. They play games on Thanksgiving and Christmas, but we we wait for them. Just like in the NFL, there were three games. You remember there used to be just one game? That was Dallas and Detroit mm-hmm. playing on Thanksgiving. That probably wasn't boring then. That so. was um, three, it's three games, football games Ouch. on there. Three See, football games. It's on. So I, it's egos now, but I, you know, yeah, I don't all, have a problem. And it's all a matter of perspective too, as to where you're coming from. As a coach, you're going to be looking at it as, you know, what's the, not just what's the game, but what's the, what's the season like, and what are my players like, and what it's going to take to win the entire season and be able to go into the playoffs strong. Um, as a, uh, you know, 
Stern-type person, you're looking at where's the money, where's the revenue, where's the fans going to be because I don't want the fans in my face. Again, going back to the ego thing. Yeah, but this is also one game, one time. This is not... They're not Has he been fine yet? Yeah, 250k. Yeah, now I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you around that. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you that after. Do you think that TNT is just gonna drop the NBA because he sends his players one game? I don't think it, everybody watched that game anyways. Miami should have lost that game anyways. But I'm gonna move over to. Do you think the fine was just? I think Stern copped out. I think uh, you know money. He should have been up. Oh. He should have taken. He should have fined suspe- Popovich himself. He should have suspended Popovich. Suspend the four <laughs> players a game. I mean that was you know he talked big, but what he delivered. Yeah, and Greg Popovich. Uh, so Popovich won. He but won. if Greg you suspend Popovich everybody, the, the then you're you're doing what you've already done. Right. To the team. To the team. But that's to a team. That's that's two hundred fifty dollars. Slap on the wrist. Barely. That's two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah. That's a slap on the wrist. Yeah. So you're right. Uh, David Stern, yeah, he said, oh, he there's going to be like, huge ramifications and blah, 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 blah. He needs like, oh, please don't do it again. He just I like have the, to uh, find you. The commissioner for NFL, he's a joke. He talks a lot, but he don't do anything. Well, and back in what, 2009, 2010, it says uh, Cleveland Cavaliers rested James for four straight games. And nothing came out of that. I don't know why, because LeBron was the only one. He was the only one on that team, so that's the only. If you take the Cleveland Cavaliers, they were so irrelevant. If LeBron James was not on that team, mm-hmm. then how you rush them for four games and expect to get ticket sales? Yeah, would it, have, would it have been different if he would have rested one at it? I mean, is it the well, fact that he did four? Seems- yeah. But again, the question would be: as a team, what, what does that do to your dynamics on the court? You know, is it better? And right, that's a question. Right, do you take right. them all four out and you readjust your team as to how you play? Or if you take one at a time out, now you've got a really messed up team to play well, with. Well, I and I took it one step further that the camaraderie of the team, oh, why is he why does he get to play against Miami? Right. Why does he I mean they the San Antonio Spurs have and will always be a cohesive team. Nobody's better than the other. Greg Popovich will rip anybody from Tim Duncan to the last guy on the bench. And that's so what if I you like sit about one, him as a right, coach. If you sit one guy at a time, that wouldn't necessarily uh, jeopardize that, but it wouldn't not jeopardize it either. It goes away from the dynamic of the team. But that's but these guys are professionals. He's giving them rest. He's do if they want rest, they're getting rest. And if you had played the other three guys, they only lost by five, five. with the scrubs. Yeah. I, I and they would, gave up. And they were outscored by eight in the fourth quarter. It would have been huge if they would have won that game, and they had a chance <laughs> to win a game in the final sixteen seconds. No, so you, do, you, do you still find them if they win the game? Yeah, yes. you still gonna get fined. You still gonna get fined because the 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 principle of it was. You throwing this in my face? You going? You going, you're telling me how to be the commissioner of the NBA? You're not going to? You're not going to play your superstars or your starters? I, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I'm still it, with Popovich on this. Part of the ego thing too, with uh, from the Stern side, is that you know they didn't tell the Heat, they didn't tell the media, they didn't tell the league. So Stern's like you know caught with his pants down, wondering you know now I got to explain all this. So again, going back to the ego thing, nobody likes to feel like they're disrespected. Um, so he's got to do something to get a little power struggle and, going. And, and look who they're playing against. Uh, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> who did he tell before? Yeah, he, Popovich he, might be a mad enough genius to have to have thought that through. This how they uh, <laughs> this how they justify that nonsense that LeBron did. They say, well, he donated all the money to charity. So what? You still what, what's the problem with you was going to raise that money? LeBron can go. He can have an event next week and he raise can write that a money. check. Yeah, right. and, <laughs> he can write a check and, and do that. But it, it, that's how they justify. That he donated the money, and Popovich justified it the same. He, well, he he had more of a real justification. I mean, it's I, if I'm the head I coach, honestly, I, I tell you this: this this is me. Bottom line for me is, if I'm the head coach and I felt the way Popovich felt, and I want to rest my players, then that's what I'm gonna do. And I don't, I'm not. And we'll have this conversation 
I'll have that conversation with the commissioner later. Well, and as a, as a coach, isn't your responsibility to the owner of your team, the general manager, to win the games and to be able to win the season, I should yes, say? So you exactly. do whatever you need to do to win the season. Yes. And if it means you sit your players so they're rested, then that's what you do. She's a smart lady, Pops. See? Damn straight. Damn. Well, well she, she, so ran, what a, she ran a construction company for 25 so years. Let's, so let's if change. Run, if you run your league like that and you forget about who's paying your salary... You won't have a league very often. So you think, well, it, you think it, it's it, one a triple, game a in one effect, season? Like, no, I'm saying if Popovich does it and then Doc Rivers That's does what I'm it, saying. You think it trickle down effect? I don't going think so, but if it happened, you, you know, these guys get all tied up in who they are and how big they are and their ego and everything. And you have a responsibility to league. First of all, these people buy tickets for their kids. They show up. They see nothing. We, we can't see them next time because it's their only trip to Miami during the year. Yep. TNT promotes $2 million, $3 million to all of their sponsors. Now what do they say to them the next day when nobody watched and, and they got nothing for their investment? I, I bet you we don't have this situation again. I bet those who, who make the schedule, I bet they fix the schedule perfectly for everybody around the league. I don't care if you, the Charlotte Hornets. I don't, Charlotte Bobcat, whatever, whoever they are this year, whoever they are. <laughs> Somebody this year, in that area of the country. Yeah. But I bet you that schedule be fair now. Cause I don't, I don't really think that schedule is fair. I don't think you would do that to. But I don't think that's the point. You, you, I, I, if, if Michael Jordan was still playing right now for Chicago, and he's still Michael Jordan as we know him, and then they were playing the Miami Heat as we know him today, you think Michael Jordan would say, "Well, that's a whole different guy." But you think he, Scottie Pippen, uh, Steve Kerr? We'll say we're gonna sit out. We're not gonna play. No, We've been on the road. This, like is a rep, this has never happened before. I know. So that's like this is. It's but the I could looked at the schedule and say that don't look right. Yeah. So you sit him. So you sit him the game before, and then you play him in Miami. Everybody gets the schedule before the season. So it starts. comes down to: Do you? I'm gonna ask you first. Do you owe anything? Well, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this very. I'm gonna step on eggshells here. What do you owe to society because you're on TV, because you're exemplary at your sport. What do you owe, and let's say with the coach, you're coaching exemplary athletes. So what do you owe to people just because you're in that position and you happen to be on TV? Well, these these are conversations they have a lot. Like uh, with Tiger. We talk about with Tiger a lot. Are, do you need... You you have to be in a role saying, model. That's a, that comes like with Charles Barkley saying, I'm not a role model, I'm not your role and model. Then, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and he was, he was gawked at for that. So do you have to be a role model? Do you have to be a moral person... Just because you're on TV all the time, I, I think um, athletes can be role models, but that responsibility is supposed to take place in the home first. That you got to take care of that at home first before you ask me to be a role model to your kid. Not that I've you've ever seen me get in trouble or heard of that I've been in trouble personally. You got to you got to find who your kid is, who your kid because kids are very adaptive to anything. That's why they join gangs because they adapted at that age. You asking me to be a role model for your kid, take care of that at home first, and then tell your kid, see, that's a good guy to follow right there. And then you can lead them and direct them into who you want them to be after you've done your job at home. Um, I, I need to go back to uh, Francis' point, one of the points where he made. Was, uh, I love that. He was, um, you got families coming to this game and bringing your kid. Like, think if your pop took you to a game and you said, okay, you in Miami. That's a whole other ball game, but you see... You missing out well, a chance. We, we grew up in L.A., so it's the same thing. You but go you to Lakers, see the chance, stars. You missing out a chance to see Tim Duncan, Manager Nobly, um, Tony Parker, who's only coming to the East Coast one time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm still on Popovich's side as far as what he did, but that has to be a conversation before the league even starts, before the season. Because you get these schedules before the season starts. You get these. Mm-hmm. Well, you, nobody you saw this stuff. coming when they made the schedule. Nobody saw that they'd, the that they'd sit right their here. stars He's in saying December. Popovich should have looked at it and well, should have uh, planned accordingly. Well, well, well 
Pop no, still has to talk to the commissioner. Uh, every head coach, every every uh, team owner, gen- general manager, they talk this stuff out before this come out. And when you when you think about it, you're like, well, that's unfair. We got to play on the road. Um, all right, well, we'll do it. But you don't. You don't. Now this is a. If it was Oklahoma City Thunder, I would say they would have played. Them young guys would have went out there and played yeah. against Miami Heat. But you talk about some the old. Thirty-six years. They don't have to prove anything. And I, but they it, don't because I that's know they'll be there in the, in the finals. But that's not, not the finals, but in the playoffs. The, minor, the, the, the main point about this whole thing, don't you dare roll your eyes at me, Cindy Liska. <laughs> the the main point in this is which is more important: the NBA player, like people playing and trying to win a championship, or the people that put the money in their pockets. That's really what it comes it, down to. And the argument sponsors, will never, you'll never get if one person's on one side and one's on the other. You will never come to an agreement. It's just like Democrat and Republican. You'll never come to an agreement. Quick point then, Cindy. Quick point. This really comes down to Greg Popovich, his e- him trying to send a message to David Stern about four and five yeah. and make a big deal. And it's the wrong venue. He should make an appointment and walk up there and talk to him face to face. And and you and he knew. Oh, go say what, Cindy. No, well, I was just. And it's that whole four and it's all or nothing. There were ways if you're looking at the schedule to do it staggered to do it so it wasn't such a huge blow. This happens but all he the did time, it on though. purpose. Yeah, no, no. Because this, they do it in baseball all the time too. They do the rotation. They Really well, baseball, they really do it in baseball. Baseball, you play, you have six days off in six months. We, we understand. That's like that's but they pull the same the, on on travel days. They'll pull all their big players out. So if you go, if I if I take my kid to a game on a Sunday afternoon because that's the only one I can take her to because she wants she to see this see player, this player, this player, she's not going to see anybody because they're all sitting on the bench resting. For right, their travel and they're day. making and they're getting paid for that day, which is another topic that we can have a conversation about. Uh, is should contracts be guaranteed across the board, or should it be like the NFL where you have to be uh, pay for play? Now uh, we can talk about that next that's week. Too much, that's too much Wait, control for the owners. But let's let's um let's go back to um the Fletcher story, the Kansas City Chiefs story. Uh, I do want to touch. We have down and dirty with Deborah. I do want to ask one question though before we get into that. Bob Costas went on uh, the football night and talked about gun control. He actually uh, alluded to a, a writer uh, who said that uh, this is all about gun control, and it should. And it, it my question is. Should sports commentators be able to talk and cross the boundary into real life issues while they're while they're uh, broadcasting a game, or should they say stick with the sports? And when they say because like politicians can come across and talk about sports, and we don't have anything to say about it, like especially with uh, with the steroid scandal and everything. What? Where is the line not able to be crossed, or is there one for I, sports I, commentators? I don't think there's a line. If I'm gonna tell about you, expose yourself. Um, you know, as a athlete, to a whole lot of things that you do in public. If you, if you, if I'm reporting on sports, then I'm reporting on that guy. That I'm reporting on uh, Alex Clancy, point guard for somebody, somebody um, little league team, Buckley <laughs> High School, sir. <laughs> Thank you, somebody little league team. And I'm reporting on that, and I'm like, oh man, Alex is a pretty good guard. He's a pretty good basketball player. Then he just got a DUI. I, I should be obligated to report on that, and it's not personal. It's just what happened to well, you. Yeah, I don't dig. I don't dig into. Oh, okay. I'm a reporting on this. The incident, the moment right now. Alex has got a DUI. I'm not reporting on. Oh well, dang, Alex had four DUIs. Yeah, uh, the background, the background. I'm not. I don't need to go on your background. I'm telling the story right now because sports is up to the minute. That's why our show is so different because we got to talk about. I mean, that's stuff that I mean, we come on. We come on on Tuesday, and that's stuff that we could be talking about that happened. Sunday, mm-hmm. but we got to stay up to the minute with stuff, and that's why we brass through uh, certain things. But so I think it's, I think it's warranted 
sports writers, uh, sports analysts could talk about somebody's personal life. We talk about Tigers all the time. Yeah. And okay. who, who is the person that we can't talk about? I, I don't I know. Is there an answer? There's no oh, one. There's I, thought no that, one. I, I didn't know if that was rhetorical. No, or not. there's no one. Um, Don, do with Deborah. So we're talking about uh, Belcher and this tragedy that's going on, and I look at it and I say, you know, tragedy, yes, um, what's done is done. Um, wish it wouldn't have happened. Wish I could have stopped it. So does everybody else around uh, him and his family and the team. The problem I look at is bigger than what just happened. It's the feeling that people get when they're in a situation where they feel powerless, that the act of suicide is an act of desperation, that they feel so powerless that they can't change the circumstances that they're in. The pain that they're facing in their current situation feels so overwhelming that it's better to kill themselves than to deal with the pain of the circumstances that they're in. The suffering that goes on in the outside world no longer matches you know, their view of the world. And they stay in that position, they stay in that state that state of how they feel, how they act, and what's going on within them and around them for so long that finally get to the point that the only way out, in their mind, is to t- put a gun to their head or their chest or take their life in some particular way. My concern is not only are there layers of pain that have long-lasting effect, but the pain, the shame, and the blame that goes on internalized in so many of us, not just in football, It goes on too many times, too often around the world. The conflicting feelings of all the deep sadness and the grief and the anger and the fear that goes on inside of a person. And then when the person kills themselves, everybody else around them seems to be afraid to even talk about it in a way that's really meaningful. We brush over it, we talk about it as a circumstance, but we really never go to the heart of the issue. The heart of the problem and the root of the problem, which is knowing and understanding how to address the emotions whenever they come up. You know, I'm just curious when I look at, you know, the amount of NFL players that have committed suicide. You know, that's a huge number, Cindy uh, Cindy mentioned earlier. But I've also talked with parents of children who are diagnosed with autism, and I look at, you know, what's some of the similarities in those personalities? And then I look at corporate leaders, and I say, what's some of the similarity there? And the reality is that it's a, it's almost like a personality style that um, people think that they have to do it all, that it's some kind of a weakness to reach out and ask for help, that I've got to do it. It's my responsibility, and if I don't take care of it, then I'm weak. And that's a cultural thing, and it goes within sports, but it also goes across a number of um Areas. If I've worked with uh, high-level entrepreneurs and corporate leaders, it's lonely at the top. They keep all of those feelings to themselves because they don't feel that there's anybody that they can talk to that will understand or that will hold, the, hold with their feelings and their thoughts confidential. Uh, you get uh, parents of children, and whether it, it doesn't matter what type of disorder, disease, or whatever they might have, just parents of children who have a lot going on in their own normal life, and then they're also dealing with, I have this child to take care of and to give that child my very best. And they get to that point of thinking, again, I I get so upset about the feeling of thinking that it's a weakness to actually um, state your feelings and say, you know what, I could use a little help here. 
you know, guys in sports have coaches for their skills. They have coaches for what they do on the field, off the field, in every place except life. Um, and life is the part that just snaps up and will just, you know, hurt people so badly that they get to this point. We talk about, you know, on the field, whether it's football or any other sport, and even the young kids. I mean, articles I read about high school and grade school kids, um, you know, man up, you know, grow a pair, you know, type of thing. Uh, and you hear it, I'm, I believe me, you hear it within women, too. Um, you know, stop your whining and step it up, dude. You know, what are you, wuss? And the reality is it takes so much more courage to actually say, you know what? Something in my life isn't quite right, and I haven't been taught the skills. It's not that you're stupid. It's not that you don't know any better. It's because you haven't been taught the skills. You don't have the education to know how to recognize the signs within yourself and then take responsibility for your own thoughts and emotions and actions. To know how to change a state. We've talked about this, God, for over a year and a half that I've been on the show, uh, how to understand the state, the physical, mental, and emotional state that you're in and have the tools to know how to change it and to know that emotions are not bad. They aren't wrong, and they aren't a weakness unless you act on them. Yikes. Down and dirty with Debra, yourclearedge.com. Well done. It's wow. a lot of information. Uh, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what um, what comes out of this, if there's a toxicology report or if it was just severe depression, like like you were saying, just like the shame and blame and pain that was was held deep inside him that, that caused him to do this. I mean, I think with football players, sometimes all their aggression is taken out on the field, so maybe they don't have to deal with it in their personal life. They feel like they've taken care of it on the field. I don't know. Yeah, if that's but you know what? Some of those guys don't know how to um, leave it on the field. They take that's it home right. with them, and, and then they get depressed because it's a. And depression is a serious illness. That's a real mm-hmm. deal. People die and kill for that because because of it. But when you can't have an escape place to go to when you leave a game or practice then that constantly wears on you and then situations like this maker i have no idea why this guy did what he did but it happens well and there's things that's called just talk therapy i mean just being able to say out loud how you feel and know that you're not wrong for it um you know it's it's an amazing thing uh to feel that powerless that you don't feel that you can make a change let me just ask you a question. <clears throat> this guy's 25, lived his life, played football, everything. I don't mean to demean this at all, but if he had punched his girlfriend in the head and then gone to practice, do you think he would have killed himself? I mean, I, I mean, to me, it seems like he killed somebody, he knew what was going to happen, and he went and killed himself. It, it, he thanked everybody. If he punched himself, himself in the head, and yeah. her in the head, oh, if he was to hit her anywhere, I don't think he goes to Kansas City and kills himself because he knew the consequences of his actions. Right. That's what I believe. Yeah, so, and I believe what happened was that he, in a moment of whether it was anger, fear, desperation, whatever emotion it is, we still go back to the emotions, which is what I keep harping on, is that we are emotional human beings, and yet we keep trying to deny the fact that we're an emotional human being. And whatever mm-hmm. act that he took at that time with his girlfriend, and then all of a sudden reality hits, the shock of it hits, and he goes in and talks to his mom and tells his mom he's sorry, and then he drives over and he's thinking of all this. So by the time he got to the stadium, there was no other way in his mind. Yeah, Cindy? 
Well, I've gone through two suicides of people who are close to me, both dealing with depression. I've got fr- uh, other friends that I've dealt with. And the hardest part in this whole situation, like we talked about, Kansas City Chiefs have offered him help. These people who go through it, it's finding that way to reach them to because well, you is- can't sometimes you just can't get to, you see it coming and you try to do everything you possibly can to to get. Well, this is what pisses me off to no end is that, you know, the and, uh, you know, I'll go back to the NFL because we're talking NFL. But there's, you know, it's at any level that um, when help is available and the guys think that they Again, it's a weakness. It's a cultural thing. We talk about the culture of the team that they shouldn't ask. I'm sure there are all sorts of people coming into the Chiefs right now that are saying, I'm here to help. I'm curious how many people will actually open the door and walk in or pick up the phone and walk in. And you need to create a culture where everybody says, you know what, dude? I'm going to be the first one through the door. Or those, the guys that are retired that are suffering because their, their body is still in pain and their memory is gone and they're, they're, um, uh, physically and emotionally dealing with the transition. Who's going to have the courage to step up and say, let me be the first one and tell you guys that this is something you need to be doing too? And there's that Cleveland Browns player, or not staff person that hung themselves at the, um, their facility I mean, as well I mean, the same week, last this yeah. weekend as well. I mean, it's, well, for one of the things Deborah said, Cindy, was uh, for a long time they always try to tell us control your emotions, and then that's it, right. it, it, you don't have a that stuff. You and like a lot of things today bothers us, and it bought it. That's how you get ulcers and get situations that blow up because you hold them so long, you try to control them so long because you had a job, you have to do something, and they tell you control your emotions, control your emotion. Well, that's fine, but yeah, I need more than that. When I'm done with the game, or well, any more than that, while and I'm they playing. tell you control your emotions, but then they put you out on the field and said you better bust your ass out there and you better you know play it, you should play from alive. the heart. You know? Problem with problem with men today, they don't cry. Men because yeah. they, they've told it's them boys they don't. Um, they've not been taught to, and they've cry. not been taught it's they okay to. It's okay to hold in. So now, because I, I can't cry, I'm angry now, and I'm gonna do something That's crazy. Right. Uh, we can uh, talk about that for. We could have talked about it for the whole show. If we get another hour, <clears throat> maybe we can talk about that. Um, now, I will, it'll be interesting to see next week what happens uh, through, throughout the next week, and we'll be able to uh, report on it when that happens. Uh, we got to get out of here. Alex Clancy, Cormie Lasseter, Debra Debris, Cindy Liska, Michael Clancy, thank you for coming on the show. Francis. Making me. <laughs> you're going to be a legend now. Uh, Cormie Lasseter Sports Talk. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.